Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here in Missouri Farm Bureau's official headquarters here at the Missouri State Fair. It's great to see so many people and to be joined by Governor Parson and our congressional delegation as we talk about crushing inflation and the need for common sense energy policy. I want to start, though, uh, by looking back just a few days ago, we had the chance to, to recognize Missouri's farm families, farm families from all across the state. Uh, Monday is always Farm Family Day and Farm Bureau Day. And we started the conversation that morning, actually, if you turn, if you turn your heads, uh, we started that conversation back in the old retro farmhouse kitchen. If you think about it, we as farmers and ranchers, so many of the conversations that we have with our families happen around that kitchen table. That's where we break bread and give thanks for the many blessings that we enjoy. It's where we give thanks for the rain that we've had the last couple of weeks to help uh, with this terrible drought that we've experienced. But it's also where we try to pencil out farm finances. And this year, folks, you know, this has been a tough, tough year. We knew it was going to be tough when we saw input prices skyrocketing on top of what was already a bad uh, 2021. And then we started seeing more and more policies coming out of Washington, D.C. that are only exacerbating the situation, which is exactly why behind me uh, we have had conversations with fairgoers throughout the state fair to talk about and, and educate how all of us are in this together that all of us are feeling the pinch from higher fuel prices to higher prices at the grocery store and that we as farmers and ranchers are consumers just like all of you and so we at the farm bureau along with our ag partners have been working to, to connect the dots to tell the story and you can't tell the story without without talking about what is missing and what's missing is common sense energy policy at the federal level. And that's why we're flanked by the congressional delegation to talk about those things, as well as the common sense ideas that we as farmers and ranchers have had uh, for a long time uh, and have been in the Farm Bureau policy book. But I'm going to kick it here to, to Governor Parson. You know, Governor Parson is a farmer himself. We've talked about how every trip across the field this summer, every trip across the hay fields costing us twice as much as what it did last year and everything that we touch has gone up in price. So Governor Parson gets it. That's why you've heard him talk about this morning and in recent weeks about his package as we go into a special session to look at the largest tax cut in Missouri's history and paired with a renewal of important ag and rural tax incentives uh, that, are, that are critical. And so Governor Parson's gonna talk about that. I wanna give a shout out real quick as he makes his way up. I know Lieutenant Governor Kehoe is here. Uh, yes, thank you, sir. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft's here. Let's see, is State Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick. Yeah, there he is. Okay, Scott, thank you for being here. I know Attorney General Schmidt was looking to come by. Uh, let's see, Director Chin, and we have members of the State Fair Commission. Thank you for putting on a great State Fair this year again. Uh, let's see, Marshall Stewart, I know you and Moon Choi and other leaders from the university are here. So this is just a smattering of who's here today as we talk about an issue that's important to each and every one of us. So, so with that, please help me welcome to the podium our governor, Mike Parson. Man, good morning, everyone. Let me, before I even get started making any comments, uh, I don't know how many years I've come in this building, uh, not as elected official, as just a regular person that come through those doors once upon a time. 
Uh, one of the main reasons I used to come here because it was air conditioned. Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you one of the very few buildings here that was. But I think of what footprint Farm Bureau has had in the state of Missouri over the years is second to none. So for all of you that are members, all of you that are not members, I hope you join someday to understand what this organization stands for. I couldn't be more proud of Garrett. Garrett's kind of a friend from back home, I want to say, but I know his upbringing, I know his values. And we've been through some tough, tough times in agriculture, all the way from fighting things, state issues that we fought since I've been in the legislative branch, all the way from pushing back against the federal government. Every person standing up here with me today has been rock stars for agriculture in this state and has done more for our state probably under their tenure than we've ever had done before in our state. So I want to thank all of you that I get the pleasure of standing up with here with you today on that. So with that, Garrett kind of teed up a little bit of deal about talking about special session about agriculture. So one of the difficult things I ever done in my career was I vetoed an ag bill this year uh, in the state legislature. Farmer, true McCoy farmer that I was out there in the fields like everybody else. And like Garrett said, I know we were putting up hay one day this year. We had three tractors out there. We filled them up as 500 bucks in, in one day to fill those up, you know. And I think about fertilizer prices tripling, what the cost of it does to do business, feed costs, parts, getting equipment. Just you go all the way down the gamut for everybody. But last year in the legislative session, we passed eight different times incentives for businesses across the state of Missouri, which I firmly agree on and I signed into law because we're helping business and I want them to grow and I want them to continue to grow. But agriculture we took away from them last year, from the ranchers and farmers in this state. And it was a thing that happened at the last session you see so many times, you hear so many times about people making deals, special interest, lobbyists get involved. But the bottom line is farmers took the short end of the stick. And as long as I'm governor of this state, I'm going to stand up for agriculture. And if we're going to treat everybody else the same way, eight different times we pass legislative language to help other people. If we can do it for everybody else, farmers deserve it. And if there was ever a time to give our farmers all the tools they need in the toolbox to complete, now is the time to do that. And we're going to call the legislators back. We're going to fix what happened. And I think the vast majority of them agree with coming back to get this done for the farmers. So it's great to be able to do that on the part of the farmers and ranchers. The second part for the state, and most of you, especially from rural Missouri that's in here this morning, some of you that are not, I want you to understand how much we've expanded the footprint of agriculture in this state when you're talking about urban farming. We talk about things from food from farm to table, of how we present food and how important that education is. But I also tell you, over the last four years, it's been a little bit of a tough ride. You all know that for, for a lot of us in this business. We've handled things like the worst drought in the state's history when I first became governor, the worst flood, civil unrest, COVID-19, train derailments, tornadoes, and you can almost go down the list. And we've met every challenge that's come before us in the state of Missouri. We kept our businesses open. Thank goodness, looking back on it now, we did that. 95% of the kids went to school in a classroom setting in the state of Missouri, which put us fifth in the nation. Most of them schools were open in rural Missouri, which means we stayed the course and we did what was right. And today, we're reaping the benefits for that. People are back in the workforce. People are going to work. 
In the 50-year history of the state of Missouri, in the 50 years history of the state of Missouri that we've been keeping track of unemployment, we're at the lowest rate of unemployment in our state's history at 2.5 here in the state of Missouri. And we've done what politicians a lot of times say they'll do, but don't always get it done. We've actually done it in this state, thanks to the legislative body that has helped us with many critical pieces of legislation. We are now financially in the best shape the state has ever been in our state's history. Revenues in the month of June were up 20% because people were working, they're spending money, still have challenges. We well know inflation's out there, you know, and I wish, I know I got my federal delegation up here, but I wish this administration's in control right now would take some notes for what we've done in Missouri and show them how successful we've been here in this state of Missouri. Yeah. So the, So finishing up, finishing up, we got to fix the ag issue. That's all there is. And I'm calling all the legislators to help. I've been talking to them. I've been working on them. If we cannot support farmers and ranchers in this state, in Jeff City State Capitol, we need to pack our bags and go home if we can't help agriculture in this state. It's a simple ask, and we need to get it done. The second thing that needs to occur, when I told you how well things are in the state of Missouri, we have a surplus of money in Missouri. And keep in mind, we have to balance the budget every year by the Constitution. We don't make money. We have the largest amount of surplus in the state's history. If there was ever, ever a time in our state's history, now is the time to do the largest income tax cut in the state's history and give money back to hardworking Missourians in this state. It is a fun time. Being a governor is never easy. It's a fun time when you get to see our state doing as well as it did. And the people that deserve the credit is the people that's in this room. You know, it's great to be the governor, but a lot of good, hardworking people's got us where we are today. If we can do the largest tax cut in the state's history, all legislators should be supportive of that, no matter what's low income, no matter whether it's improving the deductions for all of us, and no matter whether we're taking the tax cut down, every Missourian in January will see an increase in their paychecks, no matter whether how low income they got or how high. Everybody's going to be treated the same in this state, and it will be a great day for Missouri when we get that done during special session. Thank you for having me here today. It's an honor and privilege to be the governor of the great state of Missouri. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Governor Parson. You know, Senator, this is a little bittersweet today. Last state fair press conference that we'll do together. Uh, you know, earlier this year, we had the chance to present Roy Blunt with the Golden Plow Award, which is the highest honor that's bestowed upon by, on members of Congress by the American Farm Bureau. And it really is fitting because it's reflective of what has been a dynamic and distinguished career that all of us in Missourians have benefited from for your service. I'd say you know a little bit about energy policy. You've been around it uh, for a while. And, and Senator, I'd love for you to take the podium and, and talk to us a little bit about what you see uh, from inflation and energy policy. So help me welcome Roy Blunt. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Great to be here today. Great to have this great relationship for so long uh, with Farm Bureau. I've had the 
cell phone number of every Farm Bureau president in the last 26 years, and they've had mine, at least after we got cell phones, they had mine. <laughs> uh, and uh, all good, all great advice. What a great team, what an incredible understanding of our state. Uh, two years ago today, we were a net producer of energy. We produced all the energy we, we needed, and we had enough to sell to other places. And gasoline was about half the price that it is right now, and diesel probably less than, probably even lower than that, is three times what it was not too long ago. If we haven't seen anything in the last two years, what we have seen is that bad energy policy moves its way through the entire economy. It adds to everything everybody does. The gasoline cost, the cost at the pump, the cost at the grocery store, your utility bill. Uh, some of our, our in manufacturing industry's utility bill is 250% of what it was just about a year ago, and that makes a difference. Uh, it makes a difference in the vitality of the state. Uh, the governor's done a great job leading in so many ways, and one of those is leading by example, and if we use that example more places in more ways, we'd be better off. And by the way, in terms of the Missouri tax cut, uh, look at the states who are growing, in addition to ours, they're states that have a good policies about taxes and regulation. Uh, in 26 years in the Congress, I have never one time voted for a tax increase. Not one time. And every time, every time I had a chance to work on a, a simpler, fairer tax structure that encouraged jobs, encouraged families, I've done that too. And Governor, this is one of the things you could do for the state as you leave is, is the kind of tax reform you're talking about. But this energy reform, look at this chart right behind me, says what we ought to be doing. We ought to be producing more of our own energy. Uh, we need to be doing everything we can uh, to have common sense regulation that gets us somewhere rather than regulation that gets in the way of getting where we need to get. I would say for the, the four of us who've worked in the Congress together for uh, over a decade now, every one of us of the four people up here in the Congress for this last decade, every time we had a chance to cut the bureaucracy, every time we had a chance to cut the red tape, every time we had a chance to get in the way of the, the uh, uh, the uh, air regulations that didn't make sense in our state or the water regulations that didn't make sense in our state. We have all done that and we were seeing real benefits of all of that throughout our economy. We had incredible growth without inflation. Uh, if you could figure out that formula, if we could reverse engineer that formula and do it again, every Missourian and every American would be better off. Uh, there's nothing wrong with all the alternative energy. Uh, we've also all worked for, uh, for more plant-based energy, and that's a good thing. And we've looked at ways to do that, ways to convert, ways that Missouri corn farmers and soy farmers benefit from being part of that renewable energy chain. All of this works. Matter of fact, there's nothing wrong with almost any of it. Uh, solar power works, water power works, wind power works. What doesn't work is if you try to get there too quickly. Uh, almost everything that anybody's talking about in energy, if you phase it in properly over the next 30 years, wouldn't impact your utility bill, wouldn't impact rural electric co-ops, wouldn't impact for-profits, wouldn't impact those bills at all. If you phase it in over the next, say, seven years, 
it will have incredible devastating impact on job opportunities on our economy and on families and we're seeing some of that impact already you know the energy policy in the country was clear that it was going to change two years ago right now or two years ago and a couple of months from now after the election and immediately prices begin to go up production begin to go down people begin to look for other places to expand and American families and Missouri families are paying for that right now. What Farm Bureau understands today by focusing on this topic is that it is a irresponsible thing for the government to assume that they can engineer the lives of families or re-engineer the lives of families by just deciding we don't want to provide all our own in energy anymore. We want people to use less of it, so we're going to make it more expensive to use what kind of silly formula is that for either families or job opportunities or the economy? Uh, we need to be doing sure we're doing everything we can right now to be talking about what needs to happen and then being sure we do everything we can to see that it does happen. As I turn the microphone over to Congresswoman Hartzler, I want to point out that just over here, we've been engaging with fairgoers and asking them to place a dot on our graph of what did it cost for you to get your family here to the state fair. You can see there are a few dots hanging at the bottom at $10. Those were from a few locals who literally rode their bikes here. So, uh, uh, but you look, you look at where it is all across the board and you think about how expensive it's been, especially for so many of our farm families who have kids that are showing here multiple trips back and forth to the farm. It's expensive, but that's what we're experiencing each and every day in agriculture and within our homes. So Congresswoman, you know what it's like as a fellow farmer. Would love to hear your thoughts as our member of the House Ag Committee. So help me welcome Vicki Hartzler. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Garrett. Uh, it's great to be back here in the Farm Bureau building and see so many friends and so many fellow Farm Bureau members and my colleagues and uh, certainly the governor. Um, I, I just grew up in Farm Bureau and I'm just so proud of this organization and, and appreciate the leadership that you provide being that voice for agriculture and raising issues like the, the, what we are facing now on the farm with our diesel prices being uh, through the roof. And, and as you talk about the kitchen table, how families can't balance the budget, and this is a great graph. And, and as I think, Roy, you uh, pointed out, look at all the dots going up to the top, I mean, beyond uh, 100, 100. And so this is families having to make decisions on whether they fill their gas tank or whether they can pay their bills or, or if they can buy their kids some, their school supplies. I mean, this is, this is real, it's, and it's impacting all of us. And uh, I just can summarize this real easy. What, what do we need to do to fix this? We need to quit the war on American energy, and we need to embrace what we've been blessed with here in this country. That's just that's all I had. As was pointed out, we were a net exporter before this administration came in. And, and what we need to do is reinstate the Keystone Pipeline, quit going to our enemies and asking them for money uh, and, and to produce oil. We need to be uh, expediting the LNG export permits that are sitting on the President's desk. We need to uh, allow more leasing on federal lands and drilling here. 
We need to quit taxing our oil production companies. We need to quit putting more regulations on them. And we need to be proud of and thankful that God has blessed America with so many different resources. Embrace them, use them, and we can do it more environmentally friendly than any place else in the world. And I just want to pull the veil down from this war that they have against our energy here. They think they're doing it for green, uh, to, for green the environment. What they're doing is pushing the production of energy to third world countries that don't have the energy uh, and regulatory safeguards that we have here. And in the end, they're making the world dirtier, the air dirtier. And they're shutting down our jobs, and it's got to stop. And that's why I'm thankful to be here with my colleagues. I appreciate the leadership of our governor and what you're doing here in our state. Aren't we proud to have a governor who is a veteran and a farmer? So, so grateful. And I'm so thankful for the leadership of Roy Blunt. Thank you for all that you've done for the years. And I'm proud to have served with a, a, a senator who grew up on a dairy farm. And uh, thank you for all you've done for agriculture. But we can embrace the energy that we have here. I'm co-sponsoring several bills. We passed through the House the lower, uh, lower food and lower fuel cost uh, bill a couple of weeks ago, and that allows for E15 to be sold year-round. And I think not only do we need to use more of our coal and, and, and other energy resources here, but embrace the e economic, uh, homegrown energy that we have here in biofuels. Missouri, we are contributing right here through ethanol and biodiesel, a very clean, environmentally friendly energy source here. And I'm thankful that we passed the, some legislation recently that's going to allow some tax incentives and be helpful from that. Uh, so I know that together we will continue as a Missourians to pave the way uh, so that we can grow and uh, use our own fuel here at lower cost, uh, but also advocate for that common sense uh, that is so needed in this country. And I thank you, Farm Bureau, for helping be that voice and help lean that way. Last week, we saw Congress pass the Inflation Reduction Act, which we within Missouri Farm Bureau believe will do anything but do uh, the name of it. Uh, included in it are more climate policies, and we have experienced where folks want to make Missouri the, essentially the transmission superhighway for the Green New Deal. We see these policies being parsed out everywhere. Congressman I, uh, Smith, you're our leading voice on the Ways and Means Committee. I'm sure you have something to say about inflation and where that dovetails with energy. So help me welcome Jason Smith. Thank you, Garrett. We are so blessed in, in our state to have Garrett Hawkins as the president of Farm Bureau. Um, we are also even more blessed to have the governor that we do. Um, governor Parson and I kind of came into the state house at the same time. I, was, I followed him six months after, after him, and I've watched him lead our state from whether he was a state rep to a state senator to now governor to do some of the most amazing jobs. I can remember uh, the two of us working on the constitutional amendment to the right to farm. I handled it on the House side. He took it over the finish line on the Senate side and then everyone in this room passed it statewide with the help of Farm Bureau. And we protected and preserved agriculture in our state. This man's been fighting for our way of life since the day that he showed up in Jefferson City. And we're truly blessed to have the best governor in the country. And that's saying a lot coming 
from me, who I like a couple of the governors, but. Um, and, and Senator Blunt, this gentleman is the hardest working United States Senator out of 100. He works tirelessly for our state and you all don't realize what we're about to lose. We're about to lose someone that if you needed something accomplished, he's the one person that could get it across the finish line. And I don't know who's gonna be able to do it for our state. It's gonna to have to take a lot of work for us to step up. I actually was just standing here looking, the only ones that's gonna be left in January in this room is myself and the governor. That's before you, Vicki and Billy, They've been fighting with me for a long time, but they're not returning to Washington, D.C. And so that is a greater responsibility that we have to deliver for this state. And hopefully we'll have more colleagues in the future that will be at your press conferences. Because agriculture is the most important industry in our state. And we have to fight for it every day. I'm pleased to announce that the, the people that's following these two are also here. Mark Alford is in the back of the room and, well, somewhere right there. And Eric Burleson was here. Um, those two will be following Billy and Vicki and they'll be partners to fight for agriculture. But folks, when I'm traveling across God's country in Southeast and South Central Missouri, I hear the one thing over and over. You guys are welcome to come visit God's country anytime you want. But the whole state is God's country. But it's a little bit more special down in the Ozarks. Um, but they're about to knock me out. But um, so, <laughs> we hear of three things. Food, fuel, and fertilizer. Those are the three things I hear over and over. The cost of food fuel and fertilizer. Since we've had one party Democrat rule in Washington DC folks, I'm gonna be straight with you. Since we've had one party Democrat rule in Washington DC, we've seen an inflation crisis. Inflation has gone up 13.7% since Joe Biden took the oath of office and Nancy Pelosi controlled the House of Representatives and Chuck Schumer controlled the United States Senate. That means everything you purchase to put food on your table, clothes on your backs, or gasoline in your cars have cost more. And why has that happened? In February of 2021, inflation was 1.7%. 1.7. In the first full month of Joe Biden's term, since then it's gone up 13.7% and it's because of reckless government spending. In March of 2021, they passed a $2 trillion spending bill that they said was to defeat COVID. They made a name called the American Rescue Plan and it didn't rescue anything but their friends, donors, and allies. Less than 9% of that $2 trillion bill went towards putting shots in people's arm and defeating COVID. But 91% of that bill went towards crazy items, such as $400 billion to pay people not to work. $400 billion. But you know what? It also went to other special projects, like $2 million to plant trees in Syracuse, New York. $783 million to checks to federal prisoners. $1,400 stimulus checks to Japanese citizens living in Japan. 
That's what your Democrat one-party rule of Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer brought you for those higher groceries, the higher gas prices, and the higher fertilizer. And the people of God's country aren't having it, and we are fed up. And I'm telling you, folks, we can change this. Just this last Friday, I was on the House floor arguing against the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Expansion Act. Out of that $745 billion bill, $400 billion went towards implementing the Green New Deal. $27 billion of it was creating a climate slush fund for the EPA. $27 billion. Folks, you know what $27 billion is? It's three times the current amount of the yearly EPA budget. Think about that. Also, it was billions of dollars for electric tax credit vehicles and all this kind of stuff for the wealthy. But it'll in your, increase your taxes, $599 billion. This bill will only make an inflation worse and last longer. We have an immigration crisis, an inflation crisis, uh, uh, an energy crisis, but that crisis can start changing in November. And we're gonna do that. With the help of everyone in this room, we can help bring down the cost of goods, fuel, food, and fertilizer. With that, happy to represent you all in the great United States House of Representatives and to call each and every one of you a friend. Thank you all very much. Jason didn't have to prime the pump much with that. Those were <laughs> great remarks. No, I've heard you on Fox Business and you nail it when you talk about the impacts that we're feeling. You know, so, so last to round out the press conference is Congressman Billy Long. During his time in the House, he has served on the, the House Energy and Commerce Committee. He's been there. He's discussed energy policy many times over, and you've seen this reversal from being energy independent to where we're at today. So, Congressman, please take the microphone. Uh, thank you, Garrett. And, uh, 1980 was my first governor's ham breakfast, and that was as an auctioneer. We used to auction them off over with the ham breakfast, and then we'd have our auctioneer's contest. We'd crown the best auctioneer in the state of Missouri. So out of, since 1980 till today, I think I counted four times that I missed the governor's ham breakfast. And the governor standing here behind me today is a very, very special person. Hello, President. Uh, but uh, we, uh, he's not near as special as his wife, and you all need to understand that because uh, <laughs> Therese, I, saw, I walked in the room right after the governor was sworn in, and we were stand, he was standing talking to people, and they, the press was all around him, and I looked over and I said, who is that? And I said, well, the guy, the press, they said, that's the governor. And I said, oh, I didn't recognize him because Teresa wasn't standing next to him. <laughs> but uh, the, when he first got sworn in as governor, he called all the congressional delegation together. Senators, congressmen, Claire McCaskill was there, Roy was there, Vicki was there, myself, Jason, Ann Wagner, uh, Emanuel, don't, I don't think Lacey made it that day maybe, but uh, we'd never had that happen with a governor before. We had never had a governor that cared enough to say, sit down and say, what do you think? And then whenever COVID hit, he would set up conference calls at least once a week 
with Blaine Luptemeyer and, and uh, Sam Graves and me and Vicki and Jason and Ann and uh, Emmanuel and, and Lacey, and we talk on the phone. Many a day I was in my bass boat, uh, and I was on mute, but we were... <laughs> I, I was listening, <laughs> and every once in a while they'd say, Billy, Billy, and I'd lay down my rod and punch, you know, to, to go off a mute, but uh, uh, we've got somebody special here in this guy, and Abby Blunt took Barbara to lunch week before last. It was a two-hour lunch. She has been phenomenal to Barbara. Roy and Abby have been phenomenal to me and Barbara. And yesterday was our 38th anniversary. And I don't even know why I'm telling this story, but the week before, on my birthday, on the 11th, we went to South Bend, Indiana to bury one of our, one of our colleagues that had been killed in a car wreck. So her funeral was on my birthday, and her birthday was yesterday, which is our anniversary. And she would have been 59 years old, Jackie Walorski, and tremendous, tremendous member of Congress, tremendous human being, tremendous woman. And we're, we're going to miss her severely. But, uh, and Roy, Jason, you know, said about everything about Roy if you want to get something done. But he would have monthly luncheons for the Missouri members, invite the Democrats invite Democrat senator when we had one, invite Democrat congressman, Republican congressman once a month. And we'd sit around and talk about things going on in Missouri. And I remember, I always sat on the aisle of the State of the Union, and I'd always shake the president's hand, whoever it was, and Obama came down the aisle and I shook his hand. And people on the radio, long shook Obama's hand, Why he, he's a Democrat, why'd he do that? What'd you say to the president? And one time in particular, and I would never turn the president's hand loose if you watch the old videos, I don't care if it was Trump, I don't care if it was Obama, until I was done talking to him. I, would, I had a death grip on him, and I looked Obama in the eye and I said, you know, we've got really severe flooding right now in Missouri. And he said, I was just out in the hallway talking to Senator Blunt about that. So, you know, the, I don't know how you guys do it, but the senators, if you walk, they walk in about four times during the State of the Union. They go around and <laughs> come back. But, uh, and so Roy's about six people behind Obama, and I took, shook his hand. And I said, the president, I was checking up on the president, I said, the president said that you all were talking about the flooding in Missouri out there, were you? And he said, yeah, that's what we were talking about. In the time before, it was about the tornado in Joplin. I had 161 constituents killed five months into my freshman year in Congress. And the president came and walked the streets with me and Jay Nixon. And people were upset that I shook the president's hand that year. And I said, it was about a year after the tornado. And I said, you know, don't forget the victims in Joplin, and Obama said, I won't. Uh, but, and you all have something, the farm community has something very, very special that you're going to be missing, and Representative Hartzler on the Ag Committee, not to mention Armed Services, but I travel a lot, and I travel the Ag Committee a lot, and when you sit down and talk to folks, Democrats on the Ag Committee, Republicans on the Ag Committee, and say, what's What's Rep. Hartzler like? What's she, oh, she's a very good member of the Ag Committee, and same on Armed Services. So there's going to be a big void to fill by losing Vicky out of there. Uh, Jason, I call him the Tasmanian Devil, because 
He's everywhere. Some of you too young to remember the tab, but he'd spin around and pop up here, pop up there, pop up there. He, I mean, the guy's on cable TV all the time. We were, where were we the other day? He said, I got to go do a cable hit. And we were like, we weren't fishing, but it was somewhere we weren't anywhere near a TV. I don't know how you got on. Uh, me, me, me and Fitzpatrick were talking fishing. I was telling him what we caught two days ago. And uh, when he tried to introduce him, he goes, I about blew that deal. Uh, stopped at McDonald's in Warsaw on the way up here. Because I've been to the ham breakfast since, you know, it's 1980. <laughs> I, I mentioned that. And uh, I, I, you know, I said, can I help you? And I, I said, yeah, I'd like the sausage and egg with cheese. McMuffin, you're supposed to be standing over there. <laughs> you better be careful because the press came up. She said, I want to interview. I want to know what you're going to do after Congress. I said, it's been my lifehood desire to be president of the Farm Bureau. So <laughs> if I was you, I think I'd step back a little. <laughs> so anyway, I said, I want the sausage, cheese, and egg McMuffin. And they said, you know, they, they it's all on the screen. They go by pictures and, you know, wasn't on there. So we don't have that. And I, I thought maybe they misunderstood me. I said, you don't have sausage, cheese, and egg McMuffin. No, and I said, turn around and look. It's right there on the menu. And they looked and they said, oh, that's our calorie reduction breakfast sandwich. It only has 20 calories. And I said, I've got the Fat Man's app. I've got the food app. It has 470 calories. Yeah, but we renamed it. And it's the calorie reduction breakfast sandwich. <laughs> so that's kind of like the, the, what is it, inflation reduction act just because you rename something doesn't mean that the calories are out of that sandwich. <laughs> Speaker Pelosi came up to me on the floor the other day and uh, wanted to know if I'd go to Taiwan with her. And I said, sure. She's going to Japan, going to Taiwan, going to China, and not China, she went to Japan, Korea. And they were going to add one other one later, I don't know. And I said, sure, I'll go. Went back to my office, said, I'm going to Taiwan with the speaker. And they said, okay, so they called her office and got it all set. Well, then they said, you know, you've already committed to go to the Energy, Climate, and Conservation Task Force, which I'm on, at the same time. And so I said, well, tell the Speaker's office I can't go, which we did. So I went down to the Climate Task Force, and there was a world-class roundtable. And one guy down there wrote it, Wendell Kurlos, of these Cajuns, don't know how to pronounce your name, but C-U-R-O-L-E. This guy took the initiative and put in his own lock down there because he could not wait for the federal government to act. And this last hurricane they had, August 29th of last year, was it Ada, Ida, something like that, I forget what it but his parish down there because he had taken the foresight to build his own lock. So what we do on that is study to protect the coastline and how to produce more energy in this country, which that's it's energy rich down there in Louisiana, as you know. But we, it was a world-class round table from LSU, from, uh, no, I can't think of the oh, Tulane University. And all the, the city of New Orleans was there. And so, I'm on the Energy and Commerce Committee, as Garrett mentioned. We worked hard and tirelessly to export LNG, which we got done. And like Roy said, we, you know, we're a net exporter. But this week, in my long, short report, or last week, last Friday, I write a long, short report every Friday. And if you go to my official website, long.house.gov, the one this week was entitled Short 
on production, not on energy. And since, you know, they only gave me three minutes, Garrett's coming up here to pull me off. So, uh, <laughs> but if you will check that out, and it's a free thing, you can go every week and get it sent to you. But the one, the, but it's excellent on what he wanted me to talk about today that I didn't have time to talk about, which was energy. <laughs> but the one the week before was called Off and Running. I had a three and a half hour lunch with Eric Burleson and Steve Helms last week. My whole staff even came over from Joplin, had a two and a half hour lunch, or two hour lunch, and we went to the office to talk for an hour with Mark Alford. I know I'm bending over back doing everything I can to get these guys off and running. I know Vicki's working with Mark Alford, gonna meet with him today, I think, or his, her staff, he said, and so uh, I'm going home, but I'm going to be there to do whatever I can to help these new guys get off and running because we've got to have somebody good on the Ag Committee, definitely, Armed Services too. But uh, anyway, God bless you all. It's been an honor to serve you for 12 years. Love you all, and uh, let's go forward together. Thank you. You know, this event always gives us a chance to not just talk about hot button issues that are affecting us in agriculture and our communities, but today it's taken on a special tone as we reflect on what in part makes Missouri so special. And our congressional delegation, I would put up against any congressional delegation in this country from the diversity of thought and the way they tackle issues as a team, but also making sure of knowing who's taking the lead where this has been a special group that we've had the chance to, to work with through the years. And, you know, for me personally, I'll never forget uh, Senator Blunt taking our WOTUS map to the Senate floor over and over and over to talk about the impacts of government overreach in, uh, under the name of clean water. Um, I can say that with each and every one of these members that are here today. So I see a lot of special friends that have come in since uh, we started this press conference. I see the ALOT class, I see President Choi, I see members of the Missouri General Assembly, Tom Waters, Chair of the Missouri Lever and Drainage District, just, yes, yes, Chris Daubert, Dean of Kaffner at the University of Missouri. I'm sorry if I forget anyone because this is just, it's great to see so many of you here. So as we wrap up, I wanna make sure our friends in the media, if you have questions for our distinguished panel, uh, please, this would be the time.